You're listening to a podcast by Oak Magazine. I would like to acknowledge the Dja Wurrung people as the traditional owners of the land on which this episode was recorded. I pay my respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine. And I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. From her hometown in Western Australia, Emma Williams founded Max Marketing, formerly Socially M, at 28. It is now a multi-million dollar empire powered by a team of more than 30 staff, 40% of whom are based in her home state of WA. It hasn't all been a smooth run to success. Prior to Max Marketing, Emma lost her first business, along with a treasured friendship. Despite being $80,000 in debt and with no formal qualifications, Socially M was launched in 2018 with zero capital. Just one woman with drive, a solid work ethic, optimism, and a passion to help others in a similar situation. In four short years of business, Emma has launched Australia's first Instagram networking event with more than 5,000 women attending 11 sold out national shows, created a seasonal online gift guide, which to date has generated over 8 million in revenue for small businesses, sold out exclusive mindset retreats in Australia and Bali, won three gold industry awards and so many more achievements. And that $80,000 debt, it's paid off and her business now generates more than $1 million revenue each year. Behind the scenes, Emma was dealing with emotional and physical demons, as well as battling stage four endometriosis, something that consumed her every day with pain. The mum of three was scheduled for a hysterectomy at the age of 28, and it was during the pre-op test that she was also diagnosed with cervical cancer. One episode with Emma, my new best friend, is not enough, but we have dug into a few areas of business and life. Emma shares with us her business journey, her relationship with money and how it impacts her business decisions. She lifts the cover on what it costs to run her national events. She provides insights into hiring staff, the importance of staying in your own lane, and of course, some juicy social media tips. Meet my friend Emma from Max Marketing. Hello, Emma, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kimberly. Uh, it's, I'm very excited for it. You're excited. I, you're kind of a big deal. Like, I'm nervous. I don't know if I'm excited or nervous. <laughs> I'm definitely not a big deal, but thank you for making my day. <laughs> Uh, it's just a running joke in my family. Um, my kids, like, you know, some, th- some good things happen and people start to notice you and, um, you know, like, and they'll just go, oh, like, you're kind of a big deal now. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I, my girls love it because my Facebook ads come up on their school um, presentations. So the teacher will be presenting in the Facebook ads and they're like, hey, that's Emma's, um, Bella's mum. <laughs> oh, my God. We live to embarrass them, don't we? Um I, I know we need to get into the convo, but um, like I have a van and it's got oak written all over it uh, in pink as well, um, you know, and I 
obviously pick up my littlest whose name's Oak. So she thinks it's cool. She gets picked up in a van with her name on it. Whereas the boys, I drop them off at school and you can just see them sort of, the head just goes down ever so slightly, you know, and just walk away quietly. Like don't make too much of a a commotion or people will recognize. <laughs> it's not as embarrassing as picking up your teenage daughter in your husband's car that has number plates Papa Willie. <laughs> uh, we, we, really we didn't think it through because he gets called Papa and obviously his last name's Williams and then we put it together and we didn't really click until all these car hoot, like tooting horns when we put it on we're like what and they're like yeah Papa Willie and we're like oh my god <laughs> no that wins that wins <laughs> oh my god how are we going to have a serious conversation after this anywho um so we have a mutual friend I love this and how's this to say our mutual friend is Samantha Wills um which is pretty bloody incredible isn't it not many people can say that and those that can say it, what an honour. I know. Um, incredible. You know, you'd call her A-lister. Like she is, you know, top influencer, but so incredibly down to earth. Uh, we were so lucky to have her in Bendigo uh, for an event. Um, it was one of the few events that she held on to when COVID, yeah, really put a spanner in her whole bookwork tour. And I'm just so grateful that she, yeah, came to our hometown. But are you the same? Did you have an event with her? Yeah, so we had a Perth event, I think it was 2021, um, and I honestly have never met someone that is so incredible. Like, I had just finished reading her book, and everyone had kept saying to me, Emma, you need to read her book. It's literally your story. You need to read her book. It's literally you. And I was like, okay, yeah. Anyway, I read her story in a day because I I did audiobook and I was like in the shower, fell asleep listening to it. Like I was, it was, I had to smash it. It was literally incredible. And then the next day I reached out and was like, you need to be, you need to be at my show. And she arrived on the Friday and the show was on the Saturday and she texted me and said, hey, Emma, this is Samantha Wills. Can I meet you in the lobby? And like my heart was like, first of all, how did she get my number? Second of all, oh my God, Samantha Wills is texting me. And then we sat there and we spoke and she genuinely wanted to hear about me. And then she said, do you mind if I get my hair and makeup done with you tomorrow? And I was like, who is this beautiful woman that takes time to learn about other women? Um, There's just not many beautiful souls like her out there in the world. And it was just such an honor to get to know her story on a deeper level. Yeah, there isn't many that are like her. And do you think that that's also a bit of the um, the country coming through as well, like having grown up in a regional area? You know, you're not from the city as such. Yeah. Like would you have that in yourself as well, I feel like? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a country. I didn't move until I was 23. Um, and yes and no, because I feel like country can go sort of two ways. Um, but uh, I think it's also her personality as well. Um, yeah, there's, I don't know what it is that makes women do that. I feel like the stigma is, is getting there. Um, you know, in terms of, I was literally just having a conversation with my PT trainer and she was like, five years ago, when you started your business, there was no women supporting women at all. Like at all. It was so competitive and you just didn't share your, you know, secrets of how you made your money and how you could do things. And I was like, I know, that's why I started my business, uh, closed my e-commerce business to do that, literally share and help other people. And 
Now I feel like it has certainly come a long way in five years. We still have work to do because women still see uh, women as competitors instead of community, but it's certainly coming a long way. It is. And it takes a few of us to lead from the front, Emma. So well done you for doing that. Let's just get straight into it. Uh, In terms of starting your business, give me some backstory. How did that actually come about? It's been quite the journey um, and one that was up, down, up, down, which any business owner will say is like a roller coaster. Um, I started my first business as an e-commerce business owner. So I had, um, it was called London Bell back then. I think it still is actually. Um, But it was selling kids clothing. And it was back in the day when Facebook, you could, I don't know if you remember this, Kim, but like you literally just commented on things with your PayPal address and then they sold. Um, And safely did that as well. Not not worrying about whether, (laughs) what was going to happen after that. And it was like, you had to set your alarm for 7pm because they were going to release it on Facebook and you had to comment, oh my God, I'm sounding so old right now. But um, uh, it was... It was so easy and then Facebook algorithm changed and Instagram came a thing and Facebook wanted you to basically pay for results and so I was like, I was literally watching businesses that I had idolised nosedive in front of me and I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm someone that's not a quitter Um, and I was like, I'm going to learn absolutely everything there is about algorithms and marketing and social media and emails and I just threw myself into the deep end. I then got pregnant with my third child unexpectedly and and was put on bed rest. And so I sold that business and then started another business, which was like back in the day when brand reps were a thing. And and it was, we started as a feature page for brand reps because my daughter had, um, was a, you know, a baby. And back then the, if you put a baby on a white background in a cute outfit, you became (laughs) a brand rep. And it was so popular back then on Instagram. So we started as a feature page. And then what I was discovering that uh, these small business owners that we were tagging, we were starting a conversation in messages and they were like, we're really struggling. Um, And I was providing advice that was then giving them results. And I was working for as little as $1.50 an hour because this, it was just something that I am passionate about. Um, and I will always say I would work for free if I could because it means more to me to help other people than it does like money. Money is never a thing for me. It's it's how you help someone and leave an impact on their life. Um, I The business took off really well and I then brought in my best friend because I couldn't do it anymore um, and that didn't work out very well. And so while my husband was overseas, He was working in Africa. He'd been gone for six months. He was quite sick in hospital and we had a massive falling out. And one thing I would say is don't go into business with a friend unless you know what their values are. Like I just said, my values isn't money. And sometimes your friends is. So she was money driven. I wasn't. And it clashed. And so I actually walked away from a business that I had run for four years. Um, I walked away completely empty handed sure I could have sold whatever I walked away completely empty um and I just I was very broken very this was all at the time that I was also 28 discovering that you can't hide your childhood trauma anymore um so that was like coming out of me my husband was not there I was raising three kids lost my best friend lost my business lost my purpose completely broken 
And then it was four weeks later that my beautiful client, who's now my best friend, said, pick your shit up and fucking start again. And that's what I did. And then what I realized is I can't hide behind a brand anymore. It has to be me and and what my values are and and what I want to offer. And and then came Socially M and then last year rebranded as Max Marketing because I, again, couldn't, Socially M within three months blew up. It was was insane. Um, I, I couldn't manage it anymore. And I said, it was either time for uh, someone, you know, for me to say, I can't, I'm closed, my books are closed, or I brought in other women who had the same values and the same passion and they wanted to help other people. And I taught them my ways and they brought, you know, expertise that I didn't offer into the team and then evolved Max Marketing. And so now we have this most incredible agency of women that have incredible expertise that then now help other small business owners thrive in their business. So that is just an awesome back page blurb <laughs> with know, so I'm many little. Sorry, I just like fully went on a tangent. <laughs> So, yeah, everyone that's listening, that's the end of the podcast. Um, yeah, Emma just answered all my questions. But you know what? Great back page blurb. Um, and even that then, it you know, it makes you want to know more and read more. So if you don't mind, I'm going to pick back through that. Um, probably something that came up for me at an event last week was that um, maybe your first hire in business should be a therapist right? Whoa, that's powerful. Yeah. Like don't worry about your accountant or, you know, marketing or a business coach, get a therapist as soon Mm. as you can. Because what, something that you picked up there was, you know, your relationship with money and that for you, um, well, for, I suppose for other people, that's, you know, extremely highly valuable thing. I think for me, it's similar in that I really, I really struggle to charge my worth. Like mm-hmm. I'm just happy to have enough money to get me through whatever I need to do. So for yourself, like to look back at what's happened, um, especially with the debt and, you know, being so young, having a family, um, what's, can you see where that relationship with money comes into it? It's, it's something I still even struggle with now. Um, one thing I would say is it, because it is something that, um, like you, Kimberly, I couldn't, I struggle to talk money and, um, to charge. Like, yeah, like even when I was quoting someone the other day, I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, she's a regular client. So I'm just going to do it at, you know, take $200 off. And then my team were like, no, like that's a full day event for you. Like, no, like you're going to be knackered. And then you've got to also think that it's going to take two or three days out of you because of that full day of work. And so I guess I've surrounded myself. I say that I've surrounded myself with Virgos because Virgos are, whoa, they are my backbone. <laughs> um, I am this mushy egg and that's emotional, wear my heart on my sleeve and they show me what I'm capable of and they believe in me and support me. And so, um, I, yeah, they, I guess, the biggest thing for me was employing someone that could do that, um, be hard and be firm because also if a customer came back and complained, I'd be like, refund, sorry, I'm so sorry. And they're like, no, like you are not in the, you're not in the wrong here. And so I removed myself from that equation because 
I'm too emotionally invested and being so emotionally invested in your business could actually be a detriment. Yeah. I'm the same with sales. Like I can't find a sales assistant. It's just, this is a plug that I do every podcast. I think if you're a salesperson, please get in touch with me. Um, But it's the same, like someone will go, oh my gosh, we have a budget of say two grand. We'd love to use that and buy an ad. And before I know it, I'm like giving them everything as well as a discount. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then saying, you know what, don't even worry about paying. Let's just do it anyway. I'm like, why do I do this? Like they're not even looking for a discount. They haven't asked for it. I'm just so... I suppose, yeah, my relationship with money growing up and not having a lot, like I'm probably worried that everyone else is in the same situation, which they're obviously yes. not. And at the end of the day, I have to eat more than baked beans uh, at the end of pay week. So, you know, get those people in to, to buffer it out. Yeah. And it, like, similar to you, money was a big thing for us growing up. Like I was working from the age of 11 to pay for my own school supplies, you know, scrubbing furniture at a furniture store at 11 years of age, making $4 an hour to pay for my own school shoes and things like that. So, and then meeting my husband, we didn't, cause we didn't have those role models. The first thing we did was at 18, get credit cards and personal loans and, and max ourselves out um, well beyond our means. Um so money has always been, and is, and I would also say it's the opposite as well in, in you know, like if we uh, have a slow quarter, I'm like panicking, I'm losing sleep. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Whereas like, you know, my um, business operations and it's because like, Emma, it's fine. Like this is what business is supposed to be. You can't always <laughs> be up. It's got to go down as well. Um it's a roller coaster, but yeah, it had money is something that it, it stresses me. So I sort of outsource it to people that can make you feel better about it. Yeah. Yep. Now you found yourself in $80,000 worth of debt. I mean, just let your heart stop over that, but you've got yourself out of it because now with your business, you bring in more than a million dollars revenue each year, even during that weird two years that we've had of COVID or three years, however long it's going on, I don't know. Um, how did you do that? What's the secret? <laughs> um, I guess that we got ourselves into that position because, one, we had kids at 20 um, and then, yeah, like not realising how expensive kids are um, and how hard it is. Like credit cards are literally a trap. Like they are a trap. Um I guess we just, yeah, like my, I, I sacrificed long times without my husband. You know, he did, he's done FIFO for 10 years. Wow. Um, so, and like I said, he was, he'd be gone for six months at the time, all while I was busting my butt trying to build a business that would bring him home um, because he was missing our children because we, again, didn't have those role models to learn that you don't have that, you shouldn't have that amount of debt when you have children because then you're dropping a wage because one's going to raise them, etc. cetera. Uh, I just worked extremely hard and so did, him, so did he. And I think I, I was saying this to somebody else the other day is when you really want something, Kimberly, you will stop at anything to get it. For me, I was wanting my businesses to work and I would work day and night like and a lot of people come to me and they're like oh you know we've started this business but I just don't have time and I'm like well you make time if you want this to work you make time most you know 90% of entrepreneurs fail in the first five years 90% are you going to be one of those 90% or are you going to be one of the 10% 
And what differentiates you from that 90 to 10 is someone that doesn't take no for an answer and will find time. For me, I wanted to be a very present mother with my children because I didn't have that growing up. So that was the most important thing for me. So I would be with them during the day at when they were um, sleeping uh, during the day for their lunch naps. And at night, that's when I worked. Yes, the house suffered because it was always a bomb because I was working. But hell, look where it got me now. Oh, I, I know. I, I, I look at your Insta and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, that looks really lovely. <laughs> like really nice. <laughs> but I love that you also, and I, I hope you, I know you will take this the right way. Um, you don't look like you got your shit together at the same time, which, oh, you know, lovely. is usual when we have, you know, three plus kids. So, um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a mum taxi now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's not just the revenue, uh, in terms of your business, which a lot of people will know as socially M, which obviously launched in 2018, you've rebranded to max marketing, uh, but maybe what they might've seen are those incredible sold out national events that you do. Mm-hmm. How did, is that just like a, how did you come up with that to say, well, look, that brings in an extra stream of revenue. This is a great idea. And have you ever worried no one will turn up? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. So, uh, I mean, I'm going to be very transparent here. Anyone that tells you an event makes money is lying to you. Back when I started it in 2018, so I had just started Socially Am. I was three months into Socially Am and I started my very first in-person workshop in Perth and that sold very well. And I was like, holy shit, like women really do want to come together. Like there, And I was like, there is no... Instagram event I guess you could say I was like there's no event that brings women together so then I was like well I'm gonna go all in here and I'm gonna do um four capital cities in a week which don't do by the way because it's very exhausting and very stressful um I also had to take a loan to do that and um then it still costs money so we've ran the events for the last uh we did four in 2019, four in 2020, two in 2021, and then last year, um, just one event. And last year's was the first event I made money on. But, like, it's literally, I'm talking $3,000. Like, you know, the events cost about $150,000 per event. Um, It's freaking expensive. And so anyone that tells you they make money from events is lying. Like, you know, the idea is to bring my idea, like, again, goes back to the roots. My idea is I want to bring these women together for a night out where they feel so seen and heard and feel like the, every person in that room knows exactly how hard they're working to achieve their dreams and can have conversations that they can't have with their partners or their school mum friends, etc. And that to me is more special than anything. Um yeah, so it, it, that's how that started. And while events it sounds amazing, <laughs> they're a lot of work and expensive. Uh, I hate them. Um, I'm happy to be there and I'm happy to do my MC, my keynote, whatever. But in, Oh, and market it, absolutely. But in oh, terms gosh. of all the other little bits, I'm useless. Like, um, yeah, I was so lucky with Samantha's event. Uh, one of our sponsors sort of gave us one of their staff members to – do all the back end, you know, do the Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this is incredible. This makes it much more, um, you know, just enjoyable. But 
I mean, a lot of events are free, right? And I think there's this thing where we, and I have a thing about this because I do social media workshops, um, generally through, say, government-funded programs. So people aren't paying to go to them. I get that. That's the whole idea of trying to get our content into these, I suppose, these rural communities. But at the same time, it's like a double-edged sword, right? It's setting us up for not paying for quality Mm. knowledge and information. I find there's just this thing where people won't pay to go to an event and we need to start changing that because, as you said, it costs money to put these on and the value that comes out of it. Like it's almost a PD for Mm. women in business. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, this is the thing is like, I always say to people, oh, you know, what, what's really worked well for you? And I'm like, go to every single event you can. Paid, free, go to every single event. Because the more you surround yourself with other people that have walked the walk or have more experience, the further you're going to grow and knowledge is power. And having that community of people around you uh, is priceless. Um, I know everyone is afraid of going to networking events or going to those workshops, but in order to succeed, you need to put yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, No entrepreneur has been comfortable. They have had to make themselves uncomfortable to succeed. Mm, Yep. And if you are uncomfortable in the events, do what I do every now and then. You just go hide in the toilet for like five minutes and try and (laughs) eat up some time and then breathe and go back out and do it again. Um, Just always have a list of things that you can ask. That's the thing. And, you know, like my biggest thing is when at our events, when someone comes to me, they're like, hi, um, you know, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hi, who are you here with? And they're like, no one. I'm like, great, come with me. Yes. And I'll walk them over and I'll put them in with a group and I, and I make them uncomfortable. But then by the end of the night, they're texting me being like, Emma, I've just met lifelong friends. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. We're so similar, Emma. Um, Oak events are similar. And I'm so lucky. I have a couple of friends that are really good at that too, that come along. So like you can nearly pair that person up with one of them and then they'll take them and do all that. And yeah, it's just where the magic happens. Um, Good on us. Yep. I don't know if you've patted yourself on the back today, but you know, go ahead and do that. Uh, now you've talked about a team, right? You just say, oh, you know, um, my operations manager or, you know, my team will always say, what does your team look like? How many people do you have? And how did you start with that first hire? Oh, the first hire is the hardest, um, because you micromanage everything and you have set the bar so high of quality of work as well. Um, the first, and I always say when when uh, people are unsure if they need to hire someone in order to, like, they always say to me, oh, I either can't afford it or I don't know, right? Sit down and write a list of everything that you're doing over a course of a week. If it takes longer than 10 minutes, it needs to go on the list. And on the list, you have two sides. And one side is only can be done by you. And on the other side can be taught and outsourced. And once you build that list, you'll see very clearly that if that outsourced side is going to be longer and then your side is going to be smaller. And then you can imagine what it's going to be like if you only had to do that column versus the other column. And when your time is freed up, that allows you to then work on the business. And when you're working on the business, that's where growth happens. And that's where more financial success happens. Um, for me, I have about, uh, about 25 to 30 staff members. Um, 
the best thing I did uh, was hire a an incredible customer service officer, Ashley, and hire a business operations manager, Tamika. And I will always tell you, Tamika has more um, she has more expertise than I could ever have. Uh, I, while I'm very creative, Tamika is has so much incredible experience in multiple different parts. And so she is able to rein me in <laughs> and has allowed for me to, to have that creativeness, but will tell me no, yes, no, yes, etc. cetera. Uh, my business would not run without the two of them and the, well, all of my staff, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not hiring the first person and you will fail. Like it doesn't, just because you hired your first person does not mean it's going to succeed from the get-go. Because That was going to be my next question. (laughs) How do you, yeah, like does it always go right? Like I've just had the worst fucking experience getting like hiring people and I'm just starting to take it personally. Like is it me? Like, No, definitely not, Kim, definitely not. It's honestly, uh, it's one of those things that I'm like, okay, life, I know everything happens for a reason but fuck can you stop giving me lessons to learn? Like this is, you know, and I, again, because I'm someone and it sounds like you're the same. I wear my heart on my sleeve. So I take everything personally. And that's where I guess for me, like hiring Tamika has been incredible because she sees right from wrong. Whereas I'm, I, I'm too emotionally invested. I'm like, Oh, they're my friend. You know, it's okay. She wouldn't do that. Um, and so you need someone from an outsider point of view to be like, no, hang on a minute, that's not what a friend does or no, that's not okay. Like, you know, protect yourself. But you will, the thing is, it takes a long time to find those right people because one, um, you know, especially in a women industry, uh, there's lots of different personalities, lots of different ways of doing things. You will clash, etc. Um, Yeah, it's just one of those things that takes time and you will... It doesn't happen overnight and you will learn a lot of lessons. And I, like I say, my biggest stress in my business is staff. Um, yeah. Cause yep. I've got, I mean, for me, I've got to that point now where it's like less hands-on in the tools part and more just managing the agency as well. Um, staff is the biggest problem because they, because it's not their business, they can let you down. Whereas if you were to submit something to a client or do something like that um you just would never do that you know but because it's not theirs and because they're an employee they don't see it like that so the thing is we as a business owner this is our business this is our baby um but they don't have that same passion and finding people with that passion is hard to come by but my god when you do you nurture them and you hold on to them and you value them and I think that's a great um, little piece of advice because I think so many people are having trouble with staff, um, probably more so getting um, getting staff at the moment uh, just off the back of COVID, especially in Vic. Um, but obviously that retention part it is looking after them and just never forgetting what you've got there and, and yeah, continually working through that relationship so you can stay together because it's so it's more expensive to find a new one than to keep the one you have. Exactly, exactly right. So you seem like this wise business owl, right? Um, how, where have you found all that information? Like, have you worked on yourself? Like, have you got a business coach? Have, 
you know, you listen to Gary V or something like that? Like, what have you done? A bit of everything. One thing I can tell you is um, if you don't spend, if you don't do learn something every day, you're never going to grow. Um, I will throw a podcast on. I will read something. I, I do not scroll for personal reasons. Mm. I scroll to learn. Yep. On the weekend is personal reasons. Um, you know, in the evening, during the day, I scroll with intention to learn. I follow people that I can learn from. Uh, I've certainly had business coaches over the years. Um, and one thing I can say is you have to invest in yourself. As a woman, we tend to put everybody else first because uh, we don't buy things for ourselves. We don't, you know, it's not that we don't think we're worthy. It's, it's well, this could go better to this part or it could go better to the kids or it'd be better to be paid as a wage so that it can pay for the kids this or this and that. Without you being as knowledgeable as possible and keeping up with the ever-evolving business world, you're not going to succeed. Um, you know, it's it's learn something new every day. And uh, I cannot tell you, Kim, how incredibly frustrating it is when you're talking to business owners and they're like, oh, my business isn't growing. I'm like, great, okay, mm. what are you doing to understand this or to do this? And they, they don't want to invest in coaching courses training downloadables like download a fucking 29 dollar downloadable to learn that yes. particular topic yes. google the fucking answer youtube it like come on like stop working on a you know a yeah. shoestring budget because that's the result you're gonna get like yes. yeah or if you are doing something and it's not working like if you've said okay i'm not getting sales like i don't like i'm not getting sales well you need to fix what's broken Yep. You know? If your social media is not working, uh, you know, max yes. marketing. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I always say to people, oh, I just get little to no, like they, well, I don't say people, but they say in my coaching course, the number one thing is I get little to no results on stories, right? I'm like 86% of people prefer to watch stories and they consume stories before any other placement on Instagram, for example. And therefore, if you're not converting, like, and stories is one of our highest converting platforms. Um, and I'm like, if you're not converting from stories, you're doing it wrong. So learn how to do it the correct way. And the only way you can do that is, again, investing in knowledge. Yeah. Hey, this is a beautiful segue into your new app, but I actually just have one more question that I wanted to ask before I segue. So bad segue. Um, you know, when you just said that you scroll with intention, mm. do you have blinkers on? Because I mean, social media, it's a big world, right? Like there's lots of competitors out there. Um, everyone thinks they can do it. How do you go with that? Are you pretty much in your lane and you're okay or are you worrying about what other people are doing in the lane beside you? I have learnt from experience, stay in your own lane. I do not follow anyone that is of similarity to me. I do. Uh, I will get people that will send screenshots being like, oh, this person's copied you. I get it honestly all uh, the time. Yeah. Oh, look at this person. They just copied you. This is literally the same as you. And I actually say, thank you so much for sending this through. While I know it's coming from a good place, please don't send it to me because if I don't know about it, I'm not changing my mindset. The thing is when you're invested in what somebody else is doing, you're never going to be invested in your own growth. You focus on your lane and constantly achieving your goals and moving that needle forward versus, well, what's she doing today? Yeah. Pulling yeah. that out as a soundbite. Yeah, if you, if you are focused on, I don't want to see people 
that's of similarity in my feed. I don't. I want to focus on me and what's going to And So I follow people that have more experience than me and I learn from them. I am probably very similar. I don't um, follow too many magazines in my feed either. Same thing. I like to keep those blinkers on. And as you said, if you don't know, you don't know. So, you know, can't can't fuck with your head. Uh, I won't sit there crying being like this motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, It's too bad. Like I know we have a time constraint today, so otherwise I'd go into a little story about um, one of those. But um, Protecting your energy is the biggest thing you can do. Protect your energy. It's important too um, because as I think as businesswomen as well, we have families. It just spills into everything otherwise mm-hmm. um, and doesn't make us happy people to live with. I want to actually get into, this is a huge gear change, uh, but I've got two other questions. Um, gear change into endo because that is a really big part of your life and it's something that uh, you've had to deal with at a very young age. Um do you want to talk to me a little bit about that um, and and what's your process been and where you're at at the minute? Because I was watching your stories this week as well and um, almost had to look away, Emma, because I'm not really great <laughs> with that sort of stuff. But I know that's a really open question, but could you give us a, like a, a short version if that's all right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed with endometriosis at the age of 23 Um so after my second child is when they discovered it, when we'd moved from a country town that was <laughs> would have no clue what endometriosis was, um, basically I would be in pain all day, every day, my back, my legs, my stomach. I'd be, I would look nine months pregnant. My periods were beyond painful and you'd go to the hospital and be like, there's something wrong, like there's something wrong, and they're just like, I just got endo, go home. Um, you would have long, painful periods, um, my, the ovulations. It, it's just one of the most excruciating diseases that literally controls your whole entire life. And um, I finally got diagnosed at 23, and then by 28 I was stage 4, which means that you're completely riddled with by, – by 28 I had had 10 surgeries because, again, I had – I went to gynecologists that were not experienced in the disease. They were just, you know, you go to a GP and you're like, this is wrong, and they send you to a gynecologist that's nearby. And it's not till now that I realise you really specifically need to go to someone that specialises in diseases and not just a generalised gyno because a generalised gyno will say pill, marina, or surgery. Now, I had tried the pill and marina, so I had 10 surgeries where they basically burn it all off, but... What they don't tell you is that once you start the surgery process, you're essentially, um, it it sets you up for, it it grows back quicker and thicker. So by 28, I had finally got to the right specialist and I was stage four, which means that it is growing over all of your organs and controlling everything. So uh, I had to have a hysterectomy at 28. Um, I also then had been diagnosed with cervical cancer, so I had to have it anyway. Um, and I was fine for the last three, for the three years post that, but because I kept my ovaries, when you keep your ovaries, it continues to grow the history, uh, continues to grow the endo. And then in the last two years, the endo pain had come back and was quite severe. And I had surgery in February where they removed, um, well, he was expecting it to take 10 minutes. It took two hours. 
Um, my left ovary was wrapped around my bowel and my bladder. Um, so it got to the point where I couldn't open my bowels for two weeks. Um, and you can imagine that's sort of pain on top of the endo pain. And then uh, I go twice a day now. So it goes to show how much it had controlled it. And, you know, he said just on the bow alone, he had to remove over 20, 12 centimetres worth. Um, it's, it's one of the diseases that is a silent, most painful, um, depressing diseases that women need to know more about, especially women that are raising young girls. Yeah, absolutely. It's like one in nine are the stats, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But like most women don't discover it until they're too late. For example, I had someone pop into my DMs yesterday. She was like, I'm 28, being diagnosed with stage four, I can't have kids. Mm. Um, Because they go to the doctors, say I've got painful periods or I've got this, and the doctors just go, it's normal to have a painful period, see you later. And they do nothing about it. Uh, if I had you for longer, and I'm, I'm going to ask Laura if I can have you back again and we can talk a bit more about that because um, I think that would be some really good advice and especially in terms of business as well. Like how do you how do you manage a business and have endo at the same time? Like it's uh, just the time you must have to take out. I, yeah, it it was it was hard. Like I would spend, I would say, easily 21 days out of the month on the floor crying in pain with toddlers at my feet um but uh, you just I had just got to a point where the pain tolerance was so high and again I'm not a quitter right like I just it the business was more to me like I said more to me than money it was more it was more of a passion and it was um when you have your children you know when you leave school you uh, well, before you leave school, you know, my daughter's 13 this year and she's already, the discussion at school is what are you doing when you leave school, right? So you are pushed into a career because you have to make a decision right there and then. And then it's not as, as women, it's not until you've had your children that you go, shit, I actually really don't like that. I don't want to go back. So what am I going to do? And for me, it was, well, I don't want to go back. I I want to raise my babies as the best mum I could be because I didn't have that. And so I wanted a career that could leave me home with them and go to all of the kids' sports, et cetera. Um, so I, I was just incredibly passion, had so much passion to make it possible that I pushed the pain aside. Yeah, um, that is a massive question. What do you want to be when you grow up? And it's one that mm. I struggled with. Um, it was someone else that told me, you know, just what I had a skill set in, what I was actually good at. So I'm so lucky for that. And it's something that I try not to ask our kids all the time. Although that's just exactly what one of them's done in year nine. They've just done their, it's called Morrisby and it tells them what they're set up to do. So, you know, Mm. looking at their skills and interests and that. Um, And it was a bit of a joke because it come back as a sports person. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a bit of a laugh with him and said, we said, well, that's obviously because your grades aren't great, mate. So uh, yeah. And you're athletic. So you need to start, uh, yeah, doing your homework and getting those grades up a bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that didn't go down well with him. I've got one more question because I know I have to let you go and um, it's my favourite all-time question and that is can you tell me about a friend of yours that we need to know about? Yeah, so um, I thought about this because I have obviously met some incredible women through this journey but I would say um, two women that have really made an impact on my life. 
one would be my best friend that I literally was my first ever client. Um, and that's Eve from Baby Noise. Uh, she owns uh, musical toys and again, another Virgo. And so she is, she's just honestly more to me than she's a sister. She's just, yeah, honestly has been the most amazing support, pushes me, supports me. It doesn't take no for an answer and is just, yeah, the reason I am here today. Um, and then the other one would also be Tamika. Um, she is just someone who I couldn't do life without um, at the moment. It, she is just, yeah, she runs my business better than I can and um, is is a wealth of knowledge. But not only that, like, you know, if I cry, she will be like, oh, okay, we're going there. <laughs> Um, because I, again, I'm very emotional, but she, uh, yeah, she's taught me the thing that I think I've always struggled before to make was realizing my worth and how strong I was. And she has showed me that, um, that how strong I actually am and how to use my voice. Oh my gosh. There's a, oh, I wish I could ask you more. Um, so two great friends to have. Love it. You've just launched a new app this uh, week or recently called Max Members Lounge. It provides one platform for small business owners to share ideas, get assistance, educate themselves, flourish, do everything that you are so well known for. Um, I'm going to put that all in the show notes and we'll do some shout outs on socials. And I'm just going to use that as a little hook to say to uh, our friend, Laura, uh, if she could uh, hook us up again and we can have another chat about all things business. Um, but yeah, just to, to finish, I just want to say you have a very similar quote to me. I was reading just then that one of your favorite quotes is, so everything you need to succeed is inside of you. You just need to listen, trust yourself, and of course, never give up. I have a little quote that sits on my desktop um, and it's a crow proverb and it just says, you know, you have everything necessary to be great within you. And I think that's very similar that, you know, we both always find a way to do what we need to do to find the answer, to upskill ourselves. So for me, that served me really well. And obviously you too, because you're, you're an absolutely big superstar. And as I said, you're kind of a big deal. So <laughs> I, I'm just a regular mum doing a bloody best. <laughs> just like you. <laughs> uh, I know, but I don't think we realise sometimes just how much that takes, Emma, to do all mm. that. Um, yeah, that's it's actually not something that everyone does. So we're we're pretty pretty special people. Um, only because I'm coming off the back of someone telling me that stuff recently, and I think we need to start, um, yeah, stepping into that and going. Actually, what I'm doing isn't what everyone does, and and I'm good at that, and I need to own that. And even if it is that whole tall poppy syndrome um, or wolves and sheep's, um, yeah. Just Amen. gotta step and believe in myself. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Sorry, it's probably more about me than you. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's the thing. It's like no one really tells you this thing is, and because you're you're like me, we give, 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 right? So hearing that feedback is, and it's also hard to take. You're like, don't make it awkward. <laughs> I know exactly, and you know, you just thank you. That's all you're supposed to say, isn't it? Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that. The yeah. Thank you to a compliment is freaking hard. So hard. It's two words and it's hard. <laughs> well, thank you so very much for being my guest. I truly appreciate it. I know most of our listeners will know who you are and will want to um, get to know your story more. 
you have a book in you. I know you're not ready for that book yet. Uh, that's obviously uh, lots of chapters that are not finished and, you know, lots of people that are part of our stories that, uh, you know, we, we've got to protect and we want to look after. And I understand that um, more than anyone could too as well. So who knows one day I might be uh, interviewing you as Emma, the author. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win. You can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine. <laughs>